What's up, what's up? I am here with the fabulous Adam. I met Adam about three years ago when I was teaching office yoga and meditation for the Cultivist, the best art company. Hi, Marlies. <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> I gained girls. a relationship with basically everyone who worked there. Hi, Laura. Hi, Joey. <laughs> Hi, Nina. <laughs> Don't forget Lizzie. Oh Hi, Lizzie. And Lizzie. <laughs> Hi, Lizzie. I literally, that's so rude of me. <laughs> in true, in true Alexa nature, I had to meet Adam, and Adam was super, super exciting, and he was, ac Adam was actually one of the last to come on to the Cultivist group. It's true. I was teaching them for, like, I think a year, and then you came in, and it was, like, a burst of energy. It was, it was I was... It was like, it was like, I was teaching the cultivists for two years and it was, a, it was, they're the best ever. And then Adam came in and it was like this boom full of energy. Lots to go on first to go. Cause not <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's amazing. And you know, Adam really, and Adam and I stayed really close one because we're closer in age and two, because I think we vibe a lot on how we perceive life. We love pop culture. We love the Kardashians. Love we also housewives. really, we really agree on, you know, how we think about politics, which is not something we're going to get into, but it's something that we have vibed on. And, mm -hmm. you know, even when he left the cultivist, I would walk down the street and there was Adam. <laughs> I would go to the Freeze Art Fair with Pamela and there's Adam. Run and right like, it's just when someone continues to come back into your life, you say to yourself, oh, this person is here for a reason. Totally. And for me, Adam fully has been somebody that, you know, although we may not work in the same industry and he's going to get deep into what he does, we complement each other very well. We're like Biggie Smalls. Like literally oh, that. Remember? Is, yeah, we are Biggie we are Smalls. Biggie Smalls. And it's just like, I wish you guys could see our vibe right now. But with that being said, I want Adam to tell every, I want you to tell everything about yourself. <laughs> and again, you know the structure of how we're going about of this. Course. So start with square one. So I'm Adam. Obviously, Alexa makes a very good introduction. She's a very eloquent speaker. <laughs> I just, I vibe, I vibe with her since day one. I know. So we met at the Cultivist and I, the Cultivist was really my first job outside of college. Mm -hmm. I went to school here in New York at SVA. And when I graduated, I was like, what the hell am I going to do? And I went to Los Angeles and I was with my friend in LA and I, I, I saw this place, the Cultivist, and I was like, I need to work here. It was this member's arts club. It was kind of doing this really cool programming with a bunch of really cool institutions. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is it. Like, I need to work here. And I emailed them. And two months later, I was interviewing them, interviewing with them. And the rest was obviously history. When I was working at The Cultivist and I met you, <laughs> it was... Just FYI, I would come in on Fridays at lunch. <laughs> and it was like 45 minutes of meditation and yoga. And it was so funny because sometimes they would be like can we just lay down and meditate for the whole 45 minutes? Like, we just Absolutely. need the break. So that was just, like, my, like, gateway into Can there. I tell you, like, the best Friday treat was having this tiny little, cute little Alexa, private yoga instructor, come into the office after, like, I had, like, some sushi from down the road. And I was like, you know what? Like, it's time to do yoga. And mind you, people, like, I'm not a yogi, okay? I am, like, the furthest thing from a yogi. And Alexa makes you feel so comfortable doing yoga with her because she not only brings these scents and these like vibrations, <laughs> like it smells like lavender mixed with like fresh sex. I don't know if that's like a, <laughs> like a nice that. smell, you know, not like, not like an old, refreshing. a refreshing sex, not like a nasty, like no air conditioning in a car kind of sex. Like 
a sex that is like you're in St. Bart's and all the windows are open and like it's breezy, you know? I love everything. And that was the about energy you gave off. Exactly. <laughs> and you made me feel so comfortable doing yoga, especially because I think that it's a really intimidating thing for people to do when they're not good at it. I used to go do yoga freshman year at Yoga for the People mm-hmm. and no shade to them. I mean, I think it's a really cool, brilliant thing they do. You, it's a donation based yoga thing. But you, know, you go in there and there's like, it's free. It's donation-based, basically. Mm-hmm. You go in there, there's like 150 people in one room. Everyone's like tooting, and it's hot, and it's not meant to be heat yoga, but it feels like heat yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a not it's not a very personal experience. And so when I did yoga with you, it kind of turned my eyes a different way to think about yoga and just how it can be a very therapeutic thing. And so I really appreciate you for that. Of course, and I also amazing. think, I hope you know that I think it's, says a lot to practice with your coworkers because we're naturally so like, do they think I'm good enough? Do they think I'm doing a good job? Do they think this? And you guys all were in your own zones. And I think that's why Marlies did it that way was because you needed a moment for everyone to get out of your heads. Just an hour is all you need. So I like that you say that that I did teach you something different because I hope in a more personal moment, and it Mm -hmm. is, you're at work, it's a really personal time. So it makes me really happy that you got something for me. Right, it's awkward. And half the time, Laura and I would just be laughing and taking photos of each other because my poses Fully. were just ridiculous. Oh my God, of course. And my butt, my ass was out half the time too. I would literally be like, let me sit in the back because <laughs> all you are my coworkers and you can't see my fat ass. But um, it was amazing. The cultivus was amazing. When I was working there, basically Marlies, who uh, created the cultivus, was like, you know what, Adam, you need to go work in PR. Like, this is something that you need to do. Like, we love you here, mm-hmm. but like, there's not really a position for you here mm-hmm. fully. I mean, I came on as an intern, Alexa. And I, it was meant to be a three-month internship. I stayed for almost a year. No, you were, you were, like, I like to call uh, they, you, you were the cultivist mascot. Like, that's you were, sweet. Like, you were literally. I don't know if they'll want that, but yeah, I agree. No, you were the, <laughs> be, like, you were the vibe. And, like. I still feel like a mini cultivist mascot sometimes in certain instances. And I love running into all the members because they're all over the place. Oh, for sure. But. I mean, I still run into people. All the time. All, like. The cultivist created such a... First of all, there are the doors that opened me to care about art. And I'm still... Even when you come over, I'm like, don't look over here. This art is not what I want you to see. But they made me start to care about that. And that was was a world I was never in. I was in the spiritual world. And they do that. Exactly. And they do that for a lot of people. So that's why I think it's so great. And so I took Marlisa's advice. And I went on um, and got a job at a PR firm here in the city. And it was totally wild. It was an arts communication PR firm. And it was my first job in PR. And it was it's kind of a notorious agency where I was working. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot really quickly. I went to Miami. I was looking at an art fair, doing the PR for an art fair in Miami. I mean, I of course, I had lots of friends in Miami, too. It was Art Basel. You know, it's it's the scene. It's the yeah, vibe. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know. The, you know. You're, you're sleeping two hours every night. You're, you're going out to 11 nightclubs, seeing strippers come down of, like, three-story poles. And then waking up at 7 a.m. to go sit at the art fair booth and be the press people to, like, totally. thousands of, like, thirsty press people that are like, I need a press pass. I need this. I need, like, this press release printed out. I need... And you're just, I like, worked in entertainment. I know that world right? far too well. And you're just like, chill out. Like, it's PR, not ER. And I remind myself about <laughs> all the PR, time. PR, not ER. Because it's the damn truth, Alexa. That it's is. like... So I've gone on, to explain really quickly, I've gone on to work at three different art PR firms, and each one of them was maybe crazier than the next, and I don't regret any of it. I learned so much so quickly, but the one thing I took from each one, because, you know, there's money at stake, the, these, the, the people in the art world, which we can get into later, are very, 
they take themselves very seriously and they take the money that they're spending very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so there is no room for for fault and there's no room for mistakes. Right. And your bosses and the people above you, and since I was so young and just getting into the industry, really make it clear to you like that. And it was interesting. I learned a lot. But now, as you know, I'm working in-house mm-hmm. at a museum at the Morgan Library Museum, which I love. And it's a whole different vibe. And it's l- allowing me also to kind of get into different projects and more creative so projects. So before you get into that, since I know absolutely nothing about art, but after working at The Cultivist, I've been, super, I've been super curious. But I know some things, but not much. Um, you're right. It's a very cutthroat industry and... You know, being a creator myself, mm-hmm. I can only imagine how hard it is to put out that work. And of yeah. course, money-wise, I would be, I find my art form to be, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's I monetize tough. on exactly. that. Exactly, So, exactly. now that you have transferred away from the Cultivist mm-hmm. and you're into, now, more, you're with the Morgans now, mm-hmm. tell us about what's going on with the Morgans. So, it's really interesting. It's, it's the first time I've worked in-house, per se, which... It's kind of a communications dream because I used to be looking over, at one point, my last job, I had 14 accounts, 14 clients that we were collectively looking over, a, gr- a group of four people. And what does that mean? Like, what does that... Day to day. Like, like for me, 14 clients a day would be a crazy big day. You couldn't. Exactly. Right. And, I mean, you could, but you might be dead afterwards. I don't... I wouldn't sleep. And Boomer would be like, I'm sorry, where, where is my girlfriend? Done, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but... I mean, let's be honest, you're not working the same amount on each one each day. And some days you're not working on one at all and you're working Mm -hmm. four hours on one because there's something totally major happening with that client that you need to get done. And it basically just means that it's a big part of time management, which Mm -hmm. I know that you obviously struggle with yourself because you have so many things going on. And yeah, time it's, management is, is a real thing. It's a real thing. And I think it's like one of my top 10 things that I have to remember because when it comes to time management for work, for a friendship, for relationships, for family, for self relationships, because I think self-love and self-care and just self-discipline in a way is mm-hmm. so important. And that comes with time management. And so when I was looking over so many clients at once, I mean, I'd have four Chelsea galleries looking, I'd be looking over. I'd have two museums. I'd have an art fair. I'd have an archive. Found, I'd have a foundation. Oh I'd have a school. I'd have, you know, and mm-hmm. there'd be different things, moving parts on each, but it'd be up to your management of those things and, and kind of being able to manage those things through other people and kind of put tasks on other people. And so now working at the museum, I'm looking over one museum Granted, it was J.P. Morgan's home and private library at one point, which they turned <laughs> into a museum. And so it's a stunning place. We have a, I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous place to work every day. I mean, I, I feel blessed. I mean, this. I need to go. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I work can in you a bring your daughter to work? Dad? I can bring my daughter to work and we can do <laughs> yoga in the library. Dad, oh Just kidding. God. I've been dying to do that. And like, it's a security liability. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you don't even know. Lexus is going to bring her incense. If anyone noticed how Sonia Morgan reacted to the so the paper is being touched on the, the episode. Guggenha- the Guggenberg. How funny is that? I'm waving my arms like, I, she, like up in the air. And right she now. says it completely wrong as well. She goes, You don't touch the Guggenheim Bible or something. I'm like, Girl, it's the Gutenberg Bible. And we do have three copies, which is like pretty, pretty ridiculous. But I'm like, No, babe. Actually, it's funny you bring up Sonia. 
I had an interaction with her the first week I started working at Sonia the Morgan from Bravo, um, New York City. I know, I'm talking like everyone knows who Sonia. I'm like, because Sonia. I, I expect it. I expect everyone to know. All too, the listeners need the, to know. Just just referencing exactly who Exactly. If you, if you know, you know Sonia Morgan. Sonia, Mor- Sonia T. Morgan is, uh, or is it Sonia J? So, so, uh, no, no, you just, I think Sonia it's Sonia T, T, right? but Sonia it, it's, T. it's spelled with Sonia with a J. So, Sonia T. Morgan, I, I died for the girl, and she basically, the first week I started working there, we had an LGBTQ event that my colleague had um, spearheaded, mm-hmm. and the museum doesn't associate with Sonia too largely. She doesn't have a big connection to the museum. Obviously, she's very removed from the Morgan family. Right. Her daughter obviously is a Morgan. I mean, Sonia at one point was a it was a Morgan. I die for Sonia, but right. she's just not very heavily involved with the museum. And obviously, there's an LGBTQ event coming up. Sonia wants to be involved. Sonia is like I feel like queen. she really is such an LGBTQ. Of course, she's like an advocate. Huge. I feel and like every assistant she's ever had, anyone like always. She throws those. She would always throw those parties in her townhouse while her gays and like mm-hmm, they'd be drinking sure. champagne, bringing their dogs. You know, like an Upper East Side gay vibe moment. And, um, long story short, she emailed me and, uh, like one of the email addresses that I, that filtrates into my email address. And I'm like, I told my coworker, I'm like, Michael, I just got an email from Sonia's assistant RSVPing for tonight. And he was like, what? And I was like, has this never happened? And he was like, no. And I was like, he's been here for five years. Everybody else is like, wait, Sonia's coming. And I was like, shit, did I just do something wrong? Like I just said, yeah, sure. Come on in, babe. But she came, and she was so graceful, and she was so gracious. I expect nothing less of her. Exactly. I mean, it's Sonia. How can you not love the woman? She's hilarious. Hilarious. And she does not have a mean bone in her body. It's like, how can you, like, you know what I mean? And what she supports, like, she may be, like, her own little Cuckoo. Yeah, but she, what she supports, dogs... Uh, gays, equal oh. rights. Like, she really supports... Like, she goes, Basically everything that she we love. She goes hard in the paint for, like, what she believes Absolutely. in. And, like, does... You know, people may think she dresses a certain way or she should do whatever. Act but, like, I I live for people who are just true to who they are. And I Absolutely. don't care if, that she's far removed from the Morgan family because who she's created for her own self. Her own brand I'm is like, like, you are just the best. And I actually have heard her brand isn't bad. Like, I've actually heard her brand is great. I mean, she's making money somehow. Totally. You so, what obviously, I mean? what she's doing, and I'm sure she is the most connected person. Like, totally. I, believe, I believe her when she's, like... Acting uppity, but I believe oh, her fully. When she's, she's like, like, I, I had her. dinner with JJ. She's yeah. like, she's like Kennedy. She's like Madonna and I. I'm like, girl. Literally, like she's just such I a. What is it. when people uh, like name? Like, she's just a name dropper. She's a name dropper. Such. She's a name dropper. But like, I do believe like she knows like the Prince of Abu Dhabi or whatever. Oh, at one point like, she was on his yacht. Yeah, like I you know do. I, mean? I do believe exactly. that she did live. This she may life. be stuck in the past, but you know what? I appreciate her for it. You know, if that she's was still her going life, strong. If if that's what's keeping her alive and happy and great, her like motivation. live in the past, babe. Live in the past. Live we the take past. you for who you are. So. And also, she lives her best life. Like she she doesn't care what age she dates. She doesn't no. care what age she is. No. She, I feel like this is no the perfect segue into like our next. Uh, not now, but our next thing. But she just doesn't care. Like I love a woman or a man who is just very fine with themselves. I don't care if they date someone older or younger or this or that. Totally. They're just open. And even Sonia has been open with that she's liked women or this or that. And I just exactly. like as a, as someone who's she's over. I don't know how old Sonia is, but over fifty to be sharing that with the world today just shows a lot. And I love that she's open. And maybe her times and. Maybe she's had a rough time in the past, yeah. but what she's created for the future, if people are willing to look beyond just 
the it's craziness bold. is very, very yeah, bold. And that's it's brave. Think, and that's why I think she still does have companies and still does have things going on that's relevant. And Honey, she, she has... starts charities. Okay? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I... <laughs> she doesn't just donate. She starts charities. She starts yeah, charities. You don't even know her. She starts charities. So before we wrap up this segment of just Sonia Morgan. We could talk for hours about her. Is there anything you wanted to mention about Spacey Studios? There was, so as well, so I am. That's because like, I know I'm that's your, we've been totally. talking about side hustles and I know exactly. that's your side hustle. Totally. And so Spacey's one of my side hustles. I, so I went in starting with doing PR for them because mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'm going to take on some clients because I was doing PR for so many people before I was doing it at the museum only. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me take on some clients. And so then when I started working with them doing their PR, it kind of gave me the taste again of what it was like to be at an agency. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I right now in my career want to be like begging editors and writers for coverage. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of segued my work at Spacey to start doing creative consulting and creative projects. Right. So with Spacey, it's this really, really cool um, startup ran by a woman that it's ran by mostly all women. And basically it's direct to consumer art and it's a, it's a, it's a tech startup and it's some, it's something that you click what you want. You say, oh, I love this piece of art. It's, it's all original prints. It's all original, created, curated from Instagram. Mm-hmm. These Instagram artists that have these really big followings. And it's all data curation. It's, it's, I could go on for hours about how fascinating it is. But basically, I'm doing some creative projects with them that are trying to connect them to a more fine art audience. Mm-hmm. I've worked with so many galleries. I've worked with so many museums. I've worked with so many editors and magazines and I kind of get the scope of the fine art landscape, You're especially so the media well landscape. You're so well versed in it. Like, so, so well versed. Exactly. It's really so, is a language. I always say to people, a, art is a language, a third that, language. I, that I, again, being at the Cultivist, had no idea what language you guys were speaking for it's just, very much time. <laughs> but you picked up quickly. Yeah, you know? no, it's I definitely learned. It's not learned. a hard language to learn. And exactly. More, like, I know Matisse now, and like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know when I go to the MoMA for a new show, you know, know what I, I mean? I like pretend <laughs> I know a few Go to the Met and sit on the steps of the Met, but it, you know what I mean? And so I'm doing some creative consulting with them, which is really great. And I'm actually starting to take on some more writing projects, which I'm really excited about because I love creative writing and I love art writing. And I think that writing is a really good creative outlet for me because I don't paint per se and Mm -hmm. I don't sculpt per se. Mm -hmm. I went to art school and I am so creative in a sense and I need these creative outlets. So, I mean, even just talking to you, I feel like it's a great way to... Well, I was just going to say you're such a good, like... You're such a good one explainer. Like, you explain that so, so well to me because, again, I'm not in the art world. So, for me, that's a very hard thing to mm-hmm. understand all of the colors, the concepts, the this, the that. It looks that way, but then you're in it and you're like, this place is just. Listen, I have one thing you know? to say about art, and I'm going to leave it at this. Yeah. I went to the, and I hope I'm saying freeze, right? Yes, of fair. course. I, I saw you there last year. Pamela, I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. I'll I like never started forget. crying when I saw you. Um, and I started to cry as well. But there was this piece of art. Pamela and I took a picture in front of it. Great picture. But then we were like, let's go back to it. It's so, 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 so great. We spent two hours looking for this piece of art. Finally, we meet, we see someone. And they're like, that's a Kasman. And we're, and they take us right there. We could have gone. Kasman Gallery, yeah. Yeah, Kasman. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. I literally, kid you not, like, I, we left the Freeze Art Fair truly not well like unwell like people like who look at art for that uh-huh. many hours like i've we after that we were like wow like people who come the whole week we're like it's draining this is crazy and we we're just looking for one piece we're not artists but this and there's a thing casman gallery if you're listening shout out send actually, me send 
I know the communications girl there. Shout out to her right now. Beautiful. This painting, I've said, if there's the first painting that I can ever afford for my home, I'm getting a cat. I know. know, I know. I wonder who who the artist was. Pamela has it on her Instagram. It's a a great photo. There is a thing, Alexa, that you bring that up. There's a thing called art fair fatigue. And we had that. We, we I mean, couldn't look at each other in the whole car. Art right Basel now. Week. I mean, Miami Art Week. And it, then even Fair Week here with Freeze and then our Armory Art Show. Do you show see how I'm holding myself? I'm like, this Already is literally, interest. it was literally like, ju- and I, listen, I still want to go. Like, anyone listening, I still want to go. I still want to go. It's an insane And there's like a Roberta's Pizza. But it's just like, it's a, it's, look, again, that's why I have such an insane amount of respect for Marlies because totally. to have, and again, the whole entire office. Joey, Laura, Nina, Lizzie, anyone else I'm forgetting because it is, it takes an insane amount of patience, mm-hmm. an insane amount of uh, collaboration, and it's an true. insane amount of, honestly, rest because you really I need to... I think every single gallerist and dealer on those fairs need to have a yoga session with you after each I do day. too. And you know what's interesting? I feel a lot of corporate companies just mm-hmm. need that generally. In general, not just the art world, literally, like... But with the art world, that's something I just noticed. Like, they you get drained. I, I go, when I went to Freeze, and Pamela too, we both loved every second of mm-hmm. it. But I would be lying if I said I didn't leave. And the rest of the day, I wasn't, like, exhausted from it. Like, I Exhaustion. really I really was, like, that was amazing. But that was crazy. Like, absolutely crazy. It's but a trip. It's it was a trip. All, But then again, it was super rewarding to end up finding the... Kasman Gallery and getting it's like the, a, it's like a, a scavenger hunt. It was. It was totally you know? a scavenger hunt. I mean, it was not one I want to do again. But next, I hope this year I go back and I hope I can be more knowledgeable than I exactly. was last year. I'm That's actually, like kind of what the like goal is this year to to know what's we'll going to go together. On. Exactly. Let's get I'm invited actually, together. Right? <laughs> Give us those VIP passes, no, ladies. I will literally do a podcast episode about it. Exactly. I'm doing actually um, a story for the Armory Art Week. I'm doing a story in Observer about the Armory Art Fair, which I'm super excited about. I would about. love to go. I wanted to go last year, and I did not go. I would absolutely love to We're go. We're going to go. You. VIP day, baby. We've got to get it done. All right, so wrapping this segment up, and it's funny because when I walked in, I was like, don't look at this art. Don't look at this art. Um, I do have a And I still love that. I do have a few cool pieces of art here. She but, has a lot of cool pieces. But people. what would you say to a millennial buying art? And mm-hmm. I say a millennial in the sense of, let's pretend... Let's keep it in the five hundred dollar range. Yeah, okay? I would say go to Spacey Studios. You would say go to Spacey Studios. Yeah, because Spacey is selling original art in that price range, and you know where you're gonna go else for that price range, like a TJ Maxx or a Home Goods or a West Elm, and all that kind of art is decorative art, and it's it might look prettier on your wall, but it's not something that's gonna retain like, we its don't value. Need to keep calm and carry on anymore. No, we. We absolutely don't. We don't need, like, live, laugh, love. No, I don't live, laugh, love. Right? We don't, right? I don't. I live. Sleep, I laugh. Nap, I cry. Sleep. I laugh, laugh. I yell. I toot. You know, I do it all. You know what I mean? Like, I don't live, laugh, and love. Like, don't tell me how to live my life. Fully. Marshalls. Even, like, namaste. We don't need any more namaste. How about namaste? Fuck off. Like, yeah, literally. literally. But no, but for a millennial buying art, you would say go to Spaces. I would say go to Spaces. Or, you know, there's there's some art fairs. There's like the print art fair. And there's different art fairs that you can buy affordable art. But it is difficult because all the galleries in Chelsea, all the galleries in Los Angeles, Lower East Side in New York, you're not going to buy anything for under at least $20,000. And that's an investment. And, and, and it's hard to justify to young people, mm-hmm. to millennials, and auction houses are having this issue too. It's hard to justify to millennials 
it's important to invest in this painting on the wall. Right. It's important to invest in this when they want to be spending their money on trips. They want to be spending their money on that new pair of like Balenciaga shoes. Right. That they can show off to like, their the friends. Like the only reason I know this is from Marlies and Jacko. Totally. Like that's literally the only reason I know that I want to invest in exactly. art Exactly. I mean, in their collection is... Oh, I can't even... Let's not even get into it. Let's not even... But they have taught me so much about... Listen, my boyfriend works in real estate development and... I learned so much about investing from him, but it's so interesting learning about investing from an art perspective exactly. as well. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And it matters. Totally. I and mean, it, there's totally a high demand. You can turn demand. over your investment in art. You can, I mean, there's flippers out there that people hate. They buy a piece of art and literally buy it to flip it to make totally. more money. It's kind of like a flipping a home. Literally. You know, but you're just buying a piece of art, sitting on your wall for a year, and a year later you sell it for double the price. I mean, it's an interesting, we could talk for hours on it, Yeah. but that's a good question, the $500 range like that, go to Spacey. Yeah, I just the, wanted the, to know the, because I feel like everyone, I mean, even me, I'm like, I need, I'm definitely Some pieces of art, totally. It's just important, I feel like everyone should, like I didn't care, know or care about art until I was put in it, and it yeah. is, it's something that does bring people together, even knowing about Matisse. Like I know that sounds so silly, but my friend Caroline Calloway um, loves Matisse and it was, I didn't know anything until yeah. I knew Marlies. And if I didn't know, I wouldn't have connected on something <laughs> exactly. like that. Exactly. So it was, it's just, it's, art is also an investment. And it's a really investment. interesting, creative thing. That and it's familiar. I feel like if you love real estate, you will love art as well. You will have an appreciation for that. And I mean, in the end, art's a luxury good. Let's be honest. Well, thank you so much for your art knowledge. I know always. it's a wild, wild world and not always easy to express. It's a wild, wild west, life. baby. It literally is you know? the wild, wild west. But I'm glad you were able to. But on to some personal stuff, of which course. you know I love. Uh, I <laughs> we vibe you, with Alexa. We, we're about to start vibing now. And I know you remember our Hug It Freeze art fair, right? I mean, every time I see you, I tear up. Like, if I, if I run into Alexa in the street, I see this, like, tiny little adorable girl. And I'm like, is that my best friend? Like, can I marry her? Can I swallow her whole? Because, like, you can fit in my belly. I'd be like, can I just swallow you and keep you in there? And then, like, you can, like, leave a little bit later. I so yes, you. I remember that. I so remember that. That hug was such a. We nearly special, knocked over a Cosmic Gallery. We Ooh. literally almost got. We honestly probably would have been indebted to the Freeze Art Fair. Yes. Um, and I think we were actually we were told to like shh because we were like too excited and laugh. <laughs> the snob. Um, except Pamela was like, "Yay!" <laughs> but with that being said, you and I have such a special vibe and connection, and I don't know if that's because I'm a yoga instructor or whatnot, but we have had so many great talks, mm-hmm. and I want people to know about the Adam that I know. Everything from sexuality to yes. life to college to everything. Well, first off, I have to say you've always been a supporter. I mean, obviously, I'm a gay man living in New York City. And so you've always been a supporter in the sense that you never even ask. You never even care. You're just an interested person. You're an interested friend. And I think that I have to just say, I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but I think that I sometimes meet some girls that oh my God, it's a gay guy. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, let me just act super extra and super gay to try and get them... I mean, maybe they're doing it to make you feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? So I can't hate them for it. But sometimes I'm like, you're really, really trying for this one, love. You know what I mean? Like, you're trying for this friendship. It's like, I know you want a fabulous gay best friend, but just let it be natural. 100%. You know what I mean? And so I have to say that when we first met, it's like, it's not even a thing, obviously. Like, you see people for who they are. And Thank you, you don't so see people for, for of course, you don't see people for their labels or what other people might think of them and what they do or, 
I mean, I could be a homeless person on the street, and if you vibe with me, you'd invite me on the podcast. 100%. Do you know what I mean? You'd give me a shower, you'd wash me down, thousand you'd make me tacos on Taco Tuesday. That. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Literally, you'd be like, oh, my rabbi is not in today, I'm making Literally, me tacos. Literally, I'll make you challah on Friday. You Absolutely. Know that. Shabbat, like, I'll bring butter. You know, I'll bring like some like, yummy ass butter. Thank you, because that means a lot, and I hope anyone feels that vibe for me. Because I have no, I always say, Ahimsa, non judgment, no judgment to others. Which so is like the you. finest thing, you know, and that's a gift. So tell us about your life. I just, like, wanted you to give that uh, You know, it's, it's funny you ask. It's just, like, I've been in New York City for eight years now, and I obviously moved here right after high school. And I think in high school, I obviously knew I was gay because, I mean, you're gay since birth. I hate to break it to anyone that doesn't know it. You Did know you ever I mean? experiment with girls? You know, I feel like I'm so gay that I just couldn't. I always, I love making out with girls, obviously. Oh, I hate to say it, but you know, I do. No, it's fine. All my straight girlfriends, like, I'm a great kisser. I have big lips. It is what it is. You know what I mean? You really do have some. (laughs) You're a cutie. You know? And so, I I love that, but no, never really experimented with girls. Um, I want to say maybe I was a late bloomer, even, because I think I grew up, you know, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and to people in Texas, obviously... Oh my God, I always forget. Yeah, people have the perception, of course. And people have the perception that Texas is like this right-wing place. You know, where I grew up, obviously it is kind of. But at the same time, we're so progressive and so cosmopolitan. I mean, I wasn't riding a horse to school. I was like riding a Range Rover. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. I was being picked up from friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like but you were like, a, my life was very... Yeah, it was, it was a nice people high school Texas life. People hear Texas the way I heard it, and I'm like... You're like, hold like, down. I, I don't even know what this is. The rodeo. Lasso, right? You're lassoing me over. <laughs> I'm riding a horse. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like eating at the Crackle Barrel. Like, no. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I grew up in Texas, and I think it's shaped a little bit for who I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents are the best, and my family is the best, and... I was always raised non-judgmental, and Good. my parents don't judge me at all, and they, they're my number one supporters in the world. That's, I, was I mean, my mom was just amazing. in town and stayed with me in my apartment. We're best friends. Like, I mean, she's here right now. Absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're literally like, we like go out and get martinis together, we that's go shopping. That's, like, just, that's so special. It's the best. It's, and it's so, like, so, so special. Having, I think, I think because I have such great support from my family and from my childhood friends even, I'm able to have a confidence in New York City. Right. You know, because it is hard living in a city. It is hard. I mean, I've made so many friends now. I've been here for so long. Right. And I'm so grateful and thankful for them. But even just identity in New York City and identity as a gay man, Even I'm, I'm still growing. I'm right, 26 years old. I moved here when I was 18. So it's like, I grew so much so quickly too because obviously I relied on my parents at first, for financial reasons, course, so I was in school, I wasn't working during Every, school. Everyone does. Exactly, and so it's I was okay. relying on them for that, but I wasn't relying on them for that kind of, you know, I, I had friends that went to school in, in Texas, they went to University of Texas, they went to school in Dallas, they went to wherever, mm-hmm. and their parents could easily see them and, and, you know, help them move in, buy them furniture, drive them up that dress they needed to wear to an interview if they needed to. Right. And... I was just kind of here and making my own. I knew one person, one of my really good friends from Houston moved here with me and she was at a different school. So I was just at my own, at my at SVA. And I think that that also just being in New York city at that, at 18 and not knowing really anyone right. made me grow up quick. Of course. And I know people probably grew up way before 18, but just for me at least, like I grew up when I was 18 and I moved to New York City and most of my friends were still being babied by their parents in Absolutely. Texas. You know what I mean? And like, 
you know, oh, let me get into a sorority or fraternity, this, this, and that. Like, that wasn't my worry. My worry was like, am I going to get into Kiss and Fly tonight? And am I, yeah, and like, am I going to like be able to meet like this like Instagram influencer? And like, you know, I was so worried about that stuff to where now I'm like, I don't give a damn about that stuff. I'm like so comfortable now. I, I just think that you have to grow up quickly when you move to New York. I, Even with I, you, you I, I moved here. Anymore. I moved here four years ago, and I feel like it's been like, I met you, I met Marlies, I met right? the Pultimus, I met Adidas. Like, it's just Every, been like exactly. a crazy, it, you're, you're just like. Your brand is just growing. And I lived in LA, and I've said this before, I do not think I would be half successful as I am Even if I still lived in Los Angeles. I just oh, think the demand of, of like the kind in of New York person. City, exactly, the demand of the person. In New York City, I, I, my best friend's in LA and I adore her. She's my best childhood friend and I visit her all the time and I have family in LA but I'm always staying at my good friend's house and most of her friends, they all come from a great place of privilege which I'm not saying I don't. Really? We don't. We're so privileged. We're so lucky for what we have. Luck, and I never yes. forget that. But they come from a place of privilege in the sense that they're not really working as much, as hard as we are. They are not. We're in New York and we can't just sit around Never. You know what I mean? As much as I love to go to Malibu House and lounge. And no, even right now, we're it's Tuesday and at I'm 9 running, a.m. and we're doing a we're podcast We're doing a podcast episode. because we have plans right after this. You know, like I have an interview. We have stuff going on. Yeah. And so I think that New York City kind of lights the fire under your ass in a sense, especially 100%. for someone like you that's like, you're creating your own brand completely. If you were in New York City, like you would be like- You mean a, Los Angeles. I mean, if you were, yeah, if you were in Los Angeles, you'd be like in the Hollywood Hills- you know, I maybe would be, I'd, I'd probably like start it, come back four months later. Right. And that's just like not where I am. Like I was saying no. before, I like want to be a mom and like I want to do and so many things. And I want you to things. have a bump. I want that little bump. <laughs> and there are just so many things and I just like feel like I love LA for so many things, but I think for where so I am and where things. I want to be next. Listen, one day I'd love to live in Malibu and just be Same. alone, alone, far and away. And have my mansion in Malibu behind the gates. 100%. You know? Well, since we were originally talking about being a gay guy in New York yes. City, can you tell us like some funny jokes, some funny... <laughs> I had a girl who was, Julia, yesterday on the pod who was talking about a team, a new dating app for fitness-like-minded people. Wow, get but... me off of that app. <laughs> <laughs> but Keep that app away from me. You, since we were talking about dating apps, can you tell us oh some like... Because I, I don't know. I was telling her, I was like, I've never been on a dating app. I have no idea what of they're course. like. I have. I don't have any stories or anything, but I would you know, love to hear. It's funny you ask that, Alexa, because gay culture and dating apps is quite a ridiculous thing. So I never. I'm not big on the dating apps. I want to be big on them because I. I want to be big on them because I know I can meet someone easily on right. one, and I and I think that it's like interesting that you market yourself on a dating app, just like you market like how like a how show, does it work? just like I would market a show at a gallery or market a show like at a museum. Adam. Like, quote. Like, is it like Well, have you... There's an, app, so there's an app called um, Hinge or The League and things like that. Yes, like, I've heard. I feel like you editorialize yourself. Like, you make it like it's a magazine. Like, you're being interviewed, this and that. It's quite cheesy to me, actually. And so I'm not even on those apps. But I recently... I have... You know, I read... This is so bad. I'm just saying. I recently got Grindr. And Grindr's obviously, like, the most stereotypical, loud and proud, gay-as-fuck app. Okay. And to so each I, their own, baby. To each their own. And so I never had Grinder ever since I moved to New York. I mean, it's been eight years I've lived here. I never once had Grinder. I maybe had it for like a week and I got scared off like six mm-hmm. years ago and deleted it. And so I got it recently. And the it's a scary place, I have to say. Grinder especially. I don't know about like the, the kosher dating apps, like the ones that are like, right. like oh, let's actually go on a date. Grinder's like, like... Bumble. Yes, like Bumble, <laughs> which I like, you see everywhere. And like, you know, it's like... 
of course, or like Chappy app is another gay app that like people use. I don't even Never know. Never heard of that. And, I heard I mean, like coffee meets bagel. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't plenty of fish. I'm like that just so many. Yeah, it's like get me off that. But like I got grinder and it's so crazy, Alexa. Like I have my <laughs> neighbor upstairs. Okay, so on grinder, this is so bad. I hope he doesn't listen to this. So <laughs> he, I have my neighbor upstairs, and on grinder it says like feet away. It says like the number of feet away. It's kind of wild. Like it's Wait, very. That's actually really scary. It's scary. It's not safe, but at the same time, it's riveting. You know what I mean? Like, let's be real. I guess I'd have to be sitting on the app one night with you and like. App, which what we will do. Like. Yeah, exactly. I'm so dumb, but I, I feel like, like I, don't, I like don't know what it's like. So like, you have the thumbnails and you click on one, and it says like this guy's thirty feet away. He's upstairs. Okay, he's stomping around upstairs, and I have met him multiple times. He's met me multiple times. I actually, he's kind of cute. I mean, if you're listening, I think you're cute, but. He sees me, I see him. You can see he views you. So I view him, he views me. He taps me. There's this like thing where you can mm-hmm. tap them like a fire sign. I don't know what the hell it is. They tap, he taps me, I tap him. He blocks me. Okay, weird. So, you know, months pass. I'm in, I'm in Houston and I'm in the LA. thing I've ever heard. I know. It's the new year. I come back into the city for the new year. And I get on Grindr for the first time after like a week of being in New York. And I see him. I guess he unblocked me, whatever. I view him, he views me, he writes to me and says, what's up, stud? And I'm like, bro, <laughs> I get it. Like, what's the, what's the deal here? You know what I mean? I reply and I go, just got back in town. No response. Nothing. So grinder to me. The end? The end. And then now he views me like every other day. What's the point? I don't know. You tell me. It's wild. What is the... I'm so confused. Grindr is like the weirdest space. It's like, it's not, it's not America. It's not, it's not the world. It's a different universe. Okay. So where would you say meeting someone is like, like besides an app, where would you go to meet somebody? You know, I would go out and I would go out with my gay friends. I would Mm -hmm. go out with my girlfriends that have gay friends. Mm -hmm. I think that I personally, and I don't even want to say this, but I'm afraid sometimes that I give off the vibe that like... I don't want to meet someone, but I do, you know? Cause, I mean, we were just talking about yeah, it. I said, do you want to meet somebody? You know? And it's like, I think that with what I do for work and with the people I hang out with, I somet- I only say this because I've been told this by multiple people. I sometimes come off as a bit like intimidating to some people, which I think is so silly because I don't think of myself as an intimidating person at all. I know you don't think that about no, me either. Because like, you know me and you know that I'm like the silliest, most fun person But I there could is. see how somebody else might find you intimidating. And see, that could be a thing, but it's not really a thing. And so I feel like I sometimes, it might be a wall that I have up, mm-hmm. you know, and I could give up that thing. But it's, it's just interesting because meeting people in New York City, especially, I'll go to Los Angeles, I'll be in Miami even, okay? I got off the plane, I was at my friend Ali's house in Miami over the summer, and gorgeous. I'm a key rat now. I was in the I was in the key Biscayne, you know, doing my thing. I'm a key rat doing now. My, my doing, sister's gonna crack. You know up. what I mean? Drinking my Casamigos and you know what I mean. And I get off the airport. I get off the plane at the airport, and I'm getting my Uber to meet them at dinner at like what's that Swan place or whatever. I'm I'm like late. Okay, I have like three vodkas on the plane. I'm like late to the game. And the first thing that happens to me is this sexy daddy is like picking up his husband. I don't know. He goes, hey. You look great. And I'm like, welcome to Miami. In New York City, I like dress to the nines. I try to look cute. And I get spit on by a homeless man. Is that how you actually feel? Honestly. It's like, then I'm in Los Angeles. And I'm at a party in Malibu. And there's these two cute guys that like want to have a throuple with me. 
Do you know what I mean? That's amazing. And then I'm in New York City, and I'm chopped but liver. Like, but I also feel like the culture here is... So, it's shocking to hear that, because I feel like the culture... We have such a strong gay, like, culture. Community. That, yeah, and community. But it's, it's not as welcoming as one would think, especially a straight person, because you would think LGBTQ mm-hmm. inclusive... LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, all everyone. inclusive. But or, it's, it's, it's a lot more exclusive than you think. And it's a lot more... There's, and, like, everyone knows everyone, right? It's that vibe. And I even think I'm detached from that because I'm not that Equinox gay. Right. I'm not that, like, <laughs> white, almost straight Equinox gay going and, like, like watching Fox News and running on a treadmill. You totally. know what I mean? That's just not me. And there's... You know why? Because they wouldn't even want me there. You know? And, like, there's prejudice. Uh, there's prejudice within the gay community. Of course. Which I just find so silly because... You know, we're we're going to Pride Month. We're, like, going to, like, Soho House on Pride. And, like, everyone's loving each other. But then the next day, it's like, who are you, queen? You know what I mean? You know, it's a thing where people pick and choose. Totally. And I'm all about that. But at the same time, it's like, be open. Be open to something that you might not be so comfortable with. Be open to a certain body type you might not be open mm-hmm. with. Be open to getting to know someone, not just for the exterior, their clothes, their job, their anything. And I think that being gay, you're aesthetically obsessed with aesthetics. I mean, mm-hmm. the gays that I know, the, I am too, even. You know, I'm drinking my iced coffee and I'm like on crack and I'm like, totally. let me do this. I'm walking really fast. You know, I'm, I'm that stereotypical gay sometimes. But I think it's because we're like that, we forget that at the same time, like we're all human. We all have had, most of us at least, have had to jump through hurdles, right. especially being gay. And I don't know where they were raised. I don't know, you know, but like, you have to jump through extra hurdles you might not even know about until you talk to someone else about that. Absolutely. You know? And so I feel like with the gay community here, I, it's something that there's so much more that can be explored. And I think that gays should just explore it, you know? And I couldn't agree more because all of my gay friends that I have, whenever we do talk about like dating or whatnot, mm-hmm. I see that it's more of them not wanting to be as open. Yeah. And my reaction to that is like, you do realize that everyone, no one thinks anything of anything. Like, you're just being your normal own self. Just be you. And, like, know that that's accepted. Like, even people, I'll never forget one time I was at a party and I I was probably the only person who was, like, in sweats and my hair was a mess. But you still looked adorable. But, like, I don't need to be gay to, like, show that this is my individuality and this is my side. Mm -hmm. And, like... For I'll never forget this person being like, I don't know why you'd come to a party like this. And I, I'll never forget Excuse afterwards me. thinking, well, why you can't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, we all, people, I didn't choose to be this. I am this person. I, and and, and I'm comfortable and yes, I'm happy. Yes, and I'm fully comfortable. And I know I'm it's confident. just in the way that I look, but I know I you could, may think otherwise. afterwards I thought about it and I was like, but this is who I am and I'm good with this. I don't need to have my and hair done because everyone there has a blow, blowout. Do you exactly. know what I mean? And it was just like, it, it it's it's shown these judgments are shown in forms that aren't just for homosexuals it's totally. also in other ways as well so for me talking to you specifically about this one thank you for being so beyond open about of it because course. not it's not that people aren't willing i think that it's the aftermath that people aren't I'm sure of. of and no one should be afraid first of all no one should be afraid right no one should ever be afraid and if there was some, like, you should never have something to hide what you want to say. Because what you have to say is yeah. so valuable, not just to me, but to anybody listening. I bet you there's someone who is listening to this girl or guy who's thinking, 
damn, that kid Adam just got through to me. I hope so, because the thing is, we're all the same. I can just be who I am. Right? We're all the same. And, you know, the people that may act like they're better than you are more insecure than you. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna leave this on one note. And I know we both can agree about yes. being yourself. The Kardashians. If Kim Kardashian go. isn't the best example of being the yourself, doing the world. things that people say you cannot do, that you do not fit that social mold, that you Absolutely. do not do this. And and you know it's funny because we said we need to end on the Kardashians and I thought this was the best way to do it. And because she has so many haters. Look at that. But look at that. Her haters make her famous. Her haters make her famous and, her and she make doesn't her rich. and she doesn't stop. No. And I think that's a message that isn't just for homosexuals, it's for me, it's for you, it's, it's for, for all. It's for all. It's be yourself, don't care if you want to strive to do something, do that. You're going to have people hate on you, but then look, you're laughing your way to the bank. I'm sorry. 100%. Kim Kardashian Praise be. Literally. Did you watch her TikTok with North yesterday? Of course, like six times. Same. It's like Hello. saved in my life forever. Should we do a TikTok? I've been dying to learn. But on that note, I honestly love you so much. I appreciate I you, you being honest with I could talk everything. to you for hours. We, I would love to do a part two in like a the part spring. part 17, literally. We'll do, anything, anything you guys want to know, let us know. And Adam, I love you We're gonna so much. We're going to reoccur this dream for you people. You're okay? the best. Let's give each other a great embrace. Oh, and I love you so much. I the best Tuesday morning treat. The best Tuesday morning treat. Oh. I don't know what day you'll be getting you'll this. You'll be getting this on a, on a better day. Anything just wait. Anything you want to plug in and let the people know before we no, get off? No, I, I just I want everyone to know that Alexa is just the sweetest person in the entire world, and I support her in everything she does. You're way too kind to me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank I you for everything. You. Thank you for listening to The Vibe, everyone.